Well, Happy New Year, everyone, from the Theology Pit. Today, we're going to be talking about discernment, impeachment, uh, Christians' responsibility on social media, and just in life in general. You're falling into the Theology Pit. Theology Pit. You're falling in the Theology Pit. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to The Theology Pit. This is Theology out of Pittsburgh, and not to be confused with a bottomless pit, because you know what we say, when you fall into a bottomless pit, you die of dehydration. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, podcast seminarian, Samson Kovach, coming back to you here in 2020. Now, this is the first podcast on January 1st of 2020 with a Theology Pit episode. Now, just uh, a little disclosure here, I suppose, or however, however I want to say, I don't know if it's disclosure, but um, this is uh, vacation time for my family. So you may hear some uh, kids running around or, uh, you know, background noise, just do your best to try to ignore it. But uh, I wanted to get a podcast out. I want to start doing these more often. It's been a really busy season for me, a really busy time. I've been um, preaching regularly and uh, working at Bridgewater Presbyterian Church in Bridgewater, Pennsylvania. And um, there are things that have been going on in our culture, in America, that I think that we need to address. And um, within the church, within Christianity, and, and the biggest one is probably discernment. Now, discernment, what that means is, you know, being able to evaluate, being able to test uh, different things. Now, spiritual things always come to mind in, you know, a Christian setting, but that doesn't mean that we, you know, kind of uh, leave our brain at the uh, the front door of the church, so to speak, um, or, you know, as you're leaving or coming. Either way, keep your brain with you is, is what I'm trying to say. Discernment is for every aspect of our life. And if we don't want to do discernment, we fall into these traps and we get we get caught up in all of these little social movements or these little bandwagons or what have you. Now, First uh, John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So even at that time, even in the first century, even while the New Testament was being written, you had false prophets. You had discernment that had to be uh, understood. Um, and it wasn't just then. I mean, even in the Old Testament, you know, 1 Kings 3.9 says, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? So as servants and people governing we are to have discernment. Now, in America, we the people are, of course, the leaders, the rulers, the ones in our constitutional republic, our representative republic, who are the ones with the power. And I know that that comes as a shock to a lot of people, um, especially a lot of Christians. And I see a lot of really bad understanding, bad biblical application for this, and most notably, has been with this uh, sham of an impeachment. And let's just say it outright: it is a sham. First off, 
Number one, Donald Trump was not impeached. I'm sick and tired of hearing people, especially Christians, talk about how Donald Trump was impeached. He was not impeached. Impeachment is a process. Impeachment is not a vote. Okay, if, if you look at Article 1 of the Constitution, it spells it out very clearly that the House brings the articles of impeachment to the Senate and the Senate has a trial. Okay, it does not say the House takes a roll call. The House takes a vote and then that vote is the impeachment. That's not that's not impeachment. Impeachment is a process. So until the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, actually takes the articles of impeachment to the Senate, technically, according to the Constitution, Donald Trump has not been impeached. So we need to stop right there with the impeachment wording. But that doesn't stop people. And especially, and I'm sorry that this comes on the heels of the Democrats, but it does. The Democrat Party is right now in America a terrible party. It is. Now, I'm not saying that the Republican Party is perfect, and I'm not saying that the independents are better or the libertarians are better. What I'm saying is that the Democrat Party has a history of just being awful and always always with the side of evil for some reason. I don't know why. And I know people are going to get on me about, oh, well, Republicans are warmongers and all that stuff. Look, you know, we can go back and forth with this. Um, I've done in in other podcasts that I have, not, you know, not my, my best work, not my most gracious work, but I've gone through the history of the Democrat Party and how just racist they are and just evil and horrible. And, you know, anytime that you... Uh, look at atheist movements, you look at um, satanic movements, you look at um, movements that are completely against Christianity and against God, they always, always support the Democrat cause. So if you're a Christian that's a Democrat and you're supporting the Democrat cause, you really need to to check yourself because by doing partisan politics, and I talked about this uh, in, in, a, in a previous episode, when you get into partisan politics, the problem is, is that you then align yourself with that party, okay? And instead of taking a biblical worldview as you're supposed to, you take your you take this worldview of you know party first, and you align yourself with it. And so one of the things that that came out with this thing is this this entire impeachment sham here. Um, is it came from um, uh, Christianity Today? Was it that um, you know Trump should be removed from office? Mark Galley, and this was December nineteenth, twenty nineteen. And I'm sure everyone's heard about it. I'm sure you know all the Christians here have um, you know heard about this. This was a big buzz. It made news. And I remember I read the article. It's very short. It's a very short article. And I read through it. And what jumped out at me was the lack of discernment from this. Okay. First off, um, you know, Mark go uh, Mark. He, he's the I, I don't know if I, I said this. He's the the editor of uh, Christianity Today or editor at this time. I don't know if he's still the editor, but this is his editorial that he wrote, and he he's reading through this. And first off, he's saying that you know the 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 president has been impeached. And that is completely wrong, okay? And th- th- this is my biggest problem with this. The gripes that he has about the impeachment process is mostly that 
Donald Trump is a sinner. And Donald Trump was a sinner before he became president. <gasps> Shocking. That's, I mean, that's shocking. I can't believe that um, Mark Galley here, or Galey, I don't even know how to say his, his last name, so I apologize for that. But, uh, but, but Mr. Perfect, Mr. Um, you know, uh, perfectionist here, who has never sinned, takes this unbiblical worldview, this unbiblical worldview, this unchristian worldview, that in Christ you are a new creation. He ignores that. Okay, for him, for him, I, I wonder if he even respects the letters of St. Paul because, you know, St. Paul was a murderer. He was going around trying to murder Christians. Why would you listen to anybody that did that? Maybe, maybe we should ignore all of Paul's. Now, I'm saying this facetiously, of course. I know that he does. And I'm, Mark is probably a very strong Christian. I don't know him personally. You know, he respects the Bible, sees it as the word of God. But this litmus test that he's using and, and this idea that he's bringing that within Christ, we are not a new creation is unbiblical, okay? We have all done things in our past. So, but what he's dealing with, he's not dealing with what has Trump done in office. He's going back to his moral character from, you know, years and years and years ago. And that is an unchristian thing to do, okay? That is that is. Uncharitable and unchristian. And it's sad because the discernment runs a couple different ways. First off, he's acting as though this is a whole brand new revelation and he needs to be in Trump and he needs to be impeached for this. Donald Trump needs to be impeached for this. You didn't know the type of person that Donald Trump was before he ran for president? Like you had no idea. Talk about a lack of discernment. I mean, when I voted for Donald Trump, I knew that, you know, he was not, as, you know, to quote Barack Obama, running to be the pastor of the United States, but he was running to be president of the United States. And I did a podcast on, you know, why I voted for him over Hillary because Hillary was just awful. I mean, you want to talk about moralistically awful. I mean, she said that a Grand Klegel of the Ku Klux Klan, and if you don't know what that is, a Grand Klegel is somebody who actively recruits people to be in the Ku Klux Klan, was her mentor. Was her mentor. Okay? The people she ran with. All right? Al Gore was her husband's vice president. His father tried to help filibust in, in, in Congress the um, you know Civil Rights Acts in the 1950s and 60s. She said Margaret Sanger was a hero of hers, a eugenicist that thought of black people as human weeds that needed to be exterminated. All right, a disgusting person. And you're trying to tell me that, I, 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 you know, that, that would have been better than Donald Trump. Look, Donald Trump's not perfect, but we didn't, there wasn't much of a choice for Christianity, you know, to vote for, for Christians to vote for. And Donald Trump has not done a bad job. He's actually done a pretty good job. Surprisingly, you know, he's impressed me. I didn't, I really didn't have uh, high standards for him, you know. But if you've read that Christianity Today article, okay, if, if you've read that, um, that biased hit piece, and Christianity Today, I'm sorry, it is, it is as left 
leaning as you can possibly get. All right, and I'm you know what? Before I go any further, let me let me grab a sip of coffee and let me let me just make a, a statement here that some people might be thinking. Samson, why are you talking politics? This is a Christian religious podcast. We don't want to hear politics. You know why? Because as an American Christian, we need to. We need to discuss politics from this biblical worldview, and we need to call out other Christians. And those Christians that engage publicly in partisan politics need to be called out on it. Christianity Today is one of them. Now, Christianity Today has a contributor who just contributed a piece uh, recently. Her name is Fleming Rutledge. Fleming Rutledge is a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat political uh, pundit. Let's just let's just say that because she is from the pulpit. She addresses people politically in her work. Um, uh, not ashamed of the gospel sermons from Paul's letters to the Romans. This is a collection of sermons and sermonettes, lectures, but mostly sermons, uh, things that she has delivered. Let's just say to captive audiences, where she has not been afraid to 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 mention this stuff. Okay, she's a regular contributor, and she said this on uh, September first, nineteen ninety six. All right, she was uh, preaching from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, on the content of our character. Okay, the content of our character. Now, September 1st, 1996, this was in the middle of a heated presidential debate. Okay, Bill Clinton was running for re-election against Bob Dole. Okay, and she is talking, and she starts out her... Uh, sermon by saying the presidential campaign has focused on the question of character. That's how she's starting her sermon. That's how she's starting her address to a captive audience of people. Okay. She is, is starting it out politically asking the question, quote, does Bill Clinton have good character? Does Bob Dole? All right. She's immediately pitting the two against each other as if Bill Clinton has good character. Now she says, on page 362 of her book, right here, she says, In the interest of full disclosure, I am a Democrat. I promise not to mention that again from the pulpit until the election is over. Let me read that again. I promise not to mention that again from the pulpit until the election is over. The election at this point is about two months away. Two months away. So two months before, she's saying that she habitually, over and over again, mentions from the pulpit that she is a Democrat. Okay? And she is, you know, stumping a little bit, you know, for Bill Clinton. And this was before the Lewinsky affair was, you know, found out completely. You know, uh, but... She uh, So, of course, she's not mentioning that. But there is something very notable that happened in 1996 with Bill Clinton that uh, we're going to discuss and to see how, as a Christian, could she get up there and stump for Bill Clinton.
Theology Pit is a partner-funded ministry. Please consider partnering with us by making a donation at thetheologypit.com. Just scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the donate button, and make a contribution to the best Theology Pit podcast on the internet. Now let's get back to the show. In 1996, Bill Clinton vetoed the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act. Partial birth abortion is a horrendous type of abortion where a mother who is has a child that is full term in her womb, the child is intentionally delivered breached where everything except the head, mostly the face, is left in the birth canal and scissors are inserted into the back of the head and the brains are sucked out and the child is killed just like that. Kermit Gosnell loved doing stuff like this. He, he, he loved partial birth abortions. He, you know, um, there were other abortionists that did partial birth abortions. People were saying, this is horrendous. A a friend of mine that was in, uh, is a retired OBGYN now. Um, but it was an OBGYN for 30 years was, was on the board in this area. I actually did a, um, a radio interview with him about, Oh, almost 12 years ago now, 11 years ago, 12 years ago on the theology of abortion on word FM, uh, where we talked, he talked about the medical aspects. I talked about the theological and he said to me that, um, when Bill Clinton vetoed that and, and signed that bill saying that there are, um, reasons, medical reasons for, uh, partial birth abortion because of the health of the mother, he asked me, he said, do you remember all of those doctors that were standing by him when he was doing this? All, all, all that stuff that was going on. And I said, yeah, I vaguely remember that. And he said, every single one of them is a liar. There is no reason at all a child of, at full term cannot be delivered because of the health of the mother. There's no reason. Medical technology blows that out of the water. Okay, so Bill Clinton... In, um, in, in, I think it was in April, um, the, the uh, Congress passed this bill and Clinton said that he will veto it. Okay. He, he then went on, on TV and had a couple families on there that he never met. And they gave all kinds of testimonies about why, you know, this was necessary. But he said in that, and I quote, and therefore I had no choice but to veto the bill. I vetoed it just a few minutes ago before I met with these families. So he did it out of politics. He did it out of, you know, keeping the the sacred cow of the liberal Democrat party, which is abortion, their blood right. That's R-I-T-E. And he he kept that in place, impartial birth abortion. Because I guess, you know, and I'm going to say this in a very snarky way, because you couldn't get full infanticide. You can't get uh, post-birth abortion, you know, up to three years old or however, however long. But in April of 1996, this is what he's doing. September of 1996, Fleming Rutledge, the habitual, I'm just going to say habitual contributor 
to Christianity Today stumps for Bill Clinton. Uses her position to tell everyone that she's a Democrat. And when you read through her book, she's very political through the whole thing. Okay? She is now on the side of history. When I view her because of this, everything I read from her is always tainted with the the, the horrible abortion-pushing acts of the Democrat Party. That's how I view her. And people might say, well, that's not fair. You know what? I'm not the one that did it. I'm not the one that aligned myself with that party. Okay? She is. By going out from the pulpit and stating that. And I know people are saying, well, because you're speaking against the Democrats, then now you're for the Republicans and we're going to associate you with the Republican Party from now on. I'm saying this from a podcast American political perspective that you can turn off at any time. You do not have to listen to this podcast. You can shut it off. I am not going around in a captive audience stumping for Donald Trump. When I preach, I am not going to preach vote for Donald Trump from the pulpit. My sermon on Sunday had a slight political element, but it was only from the perspective of our functioning government as an illustration. And the illustration from the, from the sermon, because my sermon was on um, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verse 10 through 18, and it was talking about Christ being our representative, our perfect representative, high priest and king. The analogy that we have as Americans for representatives are in Congress. I use that as an example. Now, the old joke comes in, you know, I didn't tell this in, in, in church, but the old joke is how do you know when a politician's lying? His lips are moving. And I say, could you imagine, could you imagine a, a politician that would actually live under the laws that they pass? Could you imagine a good representative that would actually represent you to the point where it would be detrimental to them. Could you imagine that? You see, in in uh, the time of, of, of Christ's birth, and we just came off of the Advent season, we're technically still in Christmas right now, but at Christmas Eve, I, I talked about like the shepherds, you know, arriving to see Jesus and how the shepherds were looked down upon. They were viewed as, you know, um, uh, deplorable people. You know, they they would say, oh, those people, they'll, they'll let their flocks graze on other people's lands and you can't trust them and they're shifty and all this stuff. But yet... God is called a shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, Jesus is called a shepherd. We are called to be shepherds. The idea of a good shepherd would have been foreign. And my point was, think of, of Christ, think of the idea as the good politician, the good representative. Okay, that's the way that I use politics and government whenever I preach as, you know, a- a- analogies, you know, in the form of government to, to get the message across so that people will reach and understand that, oh, the same way that they were viewing shepherds is the same way that we view politicians and imagine, you know, if we had a good politician. That's different than me coming out and saying, I align myself with this political party and you are a captive audience and I am going to sit here and I am going to lecture you on, um, you know, political things and content of character. And that's hilarious, hilarious that 
she would would talk about content of character with Bill Clinton, who's doing this stuff. I mean, it's a horrible character. Somebody who, you know, is accused of being a, a rapist, a, a serial rapist over his in, entire life with, you know, credible evidence. And, you know, this, this thing with Monica Lewinsky was not a one-time thing. I mean, he would habitually abuse interns in the Oval Office. Okay, he didn't just do that once. And no, it's after it came out. You know, then people were like, wait a minute. You know, he did this the whole time. I mean, Secret Service, former Secret Service members have written books where they've talked about, you know, him doing this kind of stuff. Okay, and yet she's using him. She's using that presidential race, you know, to talk about the content of character. First off, using a politician at all to talk about it is just, you know, ridiculous. But, you know, that is, that's, that's tremendous. Poor discernment, extremely poor discernment. But yet, she's featured in Christianity Today constantly. Now, not all of Christianity Today is awful and not all of their um, contributors are horrible people either. I mean, there are a lot of really good contributors. I know some personally. And I'm not saying that the whole, you know, the whole magazine or online zine or whatever it is now is probably still a magazine. People start, probably still get physical copies of it. You know, that the whole thing is terrible, but we should have discernment. We should have discernment on which articles we read and what we do. Now, if you want to read an extremely good response, an extremely good response to the Christianity Today article, it, you can find it at townhall.com and it is Wayne Grudem. Wayne Grudem is a, um, a, a, a professor. Um, he's taught graduate school level for 42 years. Um, he, uh, I've, I've read his systematic theology. It reads like normal people talk. I don't agree with, you know, all of his theology, of course, but it's, it's, you know, it's a pretty good, uh, systematic theology, at least a beginner's systematic theology. People that don't have, um, you know, a, a technical theological education with a lot of the, um, uh, terminology and what have you, but uh, so it's very readable. I, I, you know, I've read it, and he has an article that he put out um, two days ago called "Trump Should Not Be Removed from Office: A, Respark, uh, a Response to Mark Gailey and Christianity Today," and he does a phenomenal job picking apart that article. So I would encourage you to read Mark's article first, and then go read Wayne's article second, and watch how he pulls it apart using discernment to show each of the areas in which Mark got things wrong, jumped to conclusion, and actually was not a good steward of the role that he had as editor. And then uh, the, the accusations that he makes, Wayne goes through some of those also. When Mark says that, you know, Donald Trump's uh, tweets are horrible, uh, Wayne actually goes through the tweets for, I think, like a week's worth of tweets and looks at them and evaluates them and says, you know, aside from him basically calling other politicians, you know, funny names, like giving them funny nicknames or, you know, other than that, there's nothing really bad about what he's saying. There's certainly nothing on the level that Mark is saying. And that's because Mark is obviously a liberal Democrat who allows that to taint his Christianity. So he's not a Christian first. He's a Democrat first, and then he's a Christian, and it shows. 
And I know that, you know, people are going to say, well, how can, how can you say that? That's a, you know, it's a broad brush thing to say. You don't know him personally. He might not be like that. I'm sorry, but you know, a fruit by its, you know, a tree by its fruit. Yeah. You know, a fruit by its tree also, but you know, you know, uh, a tree by its fruit. And when I read something that was written that sloppily, that haphazardly, that vindictively, that, you know, obviously, you know, motivated out of this, this typical liberal anger that you see, I'm sorry, I'm going to call a duck a duck. And that's where it's at. So I, I would encourage everyone to go and to um, read uh, Wayne Grudem's response if you want to bounce. And if you were somebody on social media that shared that Christianity Today article like crazy, well, then you know what? You need to go back and you need to share Wayne Grudem's like crazy to balance it out. And if not, if not, then you have the exact same problem as these liberal Democrat Christians because you're not being fair or discerning. Thank you for listening to The Theology Pit. Please take a moment to rate our podcast and leave a comment about what you like or what you don't like. Each rating and comment helps others discover this show. Don't forget to visit us at thetheologypit.com to make a donation. While on the website, we would appreciate it if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family on social media. Our Facebook page is also titled The Theology Pit. Stop over and give us a like. If you have any questions or topics you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please write to samson at thetheologypit.com. That's samson, spelled S-A-M-S-O-N, at thetheologypit.com. Now, here's a preview of next week's show. So I did make the promise that I was going to get into um, female circumcision or female genital mutilation in uh, African countries, Central African countries, a little bit Northern Africa, but mostly in Kenya. And uh, that's still that's still in the back burner. I still may address that. I've also gotten some uh, emails from some listeners and questions that they have that I, I need to get to and respond and answer. But I wanted to jump on this New Year's first and uh, wish everyone a happy New Year and show what 2020 is going to be like. So God bless you and stay tuned. Thank you. This and more on the next Theology Pit. Theology Pit.